Do you, do you want to be taped? What? Do you mind being taped? No. Sunday night, Chavis Hovavos, ladies, Pitoch and Shia. Yeah, question. Okay. If everything is ordained, even to the smallest uh, mosquito bite, so then can I assume then that everything, even to the ant walking in your path, or the fly on the wall, or anything is ordained for it, your eyes. Do you mean... Oh, so if it affects a person, then it is. You were meant to see it if, if you're affected by it. There is a there is a, a fundamental question among Rishonim. You know, the proverbial tree in the forest, a leaf falls in the forest. Man, if man is unaffected, is there hashkocha protest on that? It seems there's a difference of opinion about that. But once man is affected, mankind, once a person's affected by it, then he was meant to see it. So if you see an ant, uh, I'm not sure, if you see an ant going by, well, actually, if you see an ant, then you should really, according to the Chavis Halvovs and Shar HaBachina, you should contemplate the flows Habori. You should think about the Gemara says how industrious the ant is. We should learn. You should learn industriousness, and you could be in a spoil about the size of the ant, and and it, it works. It moves. You know how they communicate. You could you, you could write books and books and books about ants. It's like amazing. They communicate. They give orders. It's like a whole army. <laughs> I guess my question is: So did Hashem then, in the orchestration of that exact second? put that ant there. Yeah, and we're going to learn about that today in more detail. Okay. Let's, uh, I believe we're on page, okay, we're in Perik Shlishi. Perik Shlishi. I want to do something arbitrary now. There's nothing, it just has to do with the naming of the, the file, because people listen I was very pleasantly surprised to find out that there are actually people that listen to, to it they, they download it so it's a little confusing the way it appears on the website so I'm arbitrarily going to call today's shear in Perak Shlishi Sharvitachan the, the fourth shear in Perak Shlishi just as a way of keeping a seder the fourth shear in Perak Shlishi that will be tonight okay so uh, page Kuflamet Gimel in the text that we're using, and we're going to start from the third line. The Hachamishis. We're still going through the. Chavzalvavus is still going to make a list of five things to perfect Bitachon, and number one is number one of the five are the clarification and the internalization of the seven things of Perek Beis, which allow a person to have a Pichachon. So you have to think and contemplate and realize and internalize that Hashem has these seven sibos that allow one to rely on Him. Vachamishis, and this is number six actually in Perek Beis, if you're keeping a scorecard. She'en bidei echar echad hanevroim below lahazik. You really have to think this person can't do anything to me unless Hashem 
allows him to, unless Hashem wants him to. Now again, he'll be talking later about Heshtadlus, if there's an evil person that's that's hell-bent on harming you in some way, so you can't just sit back and do nothing, you have to take steps to protect yourself. That's part of the Heshtadlus, part of the Hisaskus Pesibos. The Chagas doesn't use the word Heshtadlus. He uses the word Hisaskus Pesibos. Hashem wants you to be busy going through the motions of the things that apparently are bringing whatever's happening about. You have to deal with the situation. Just like you have to pick up the piece of bread and bring it to your mouth. You can't just say, I have bitochen that Hashem will feed me. So this is true about a person meaning to harm you too. But if things are beyond your control, if things seem unfair, really the chinuch's approach to controlling yourself against taking the comma and uh, and not to bear a grudge with Natira, there's different approaches to it. The Rambam's approach is that nothing should be so... It's inconsequential. It's only Olam Hazer. What happened already? Big deal. It shouldn't be that big a deal that it causes you to react to it. That's the Rambam's approach in not taking the comma. The Chinuch's approach in not taking the comma is to view it as... Hashem, Hashem did it. Hashem wanted it to happen. And again, he's an evildoer. He or she are evildoers and they'll be punished. But your perspective, and this is this is how to deal with the comma, this is how to deal with the urge to talk Lashon Hara, to talk Rechilus, the urge to lash back. People could be very hurt. I'm afraid we all know. I, I, I assume we all know that people can be very hurtful and spiteful at times, and you want to lash back, and you certainly want to talk about it. You, you, you know, and really, someone opens up a store right next to your store, you know, and, 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 and all sorts of things happen. And this is the Chayvah's way of dealing with it, the Chinuch's way of dealing with it, is really... He can't do anything to me unless it's Pusayrus Hashem. And you, get, and you get calm. It's very hard. It's very hard. It takes work. You have to think about this. You have to contemplate it. You have to turn it over in your mind. To help him. Not even to help him. Not you, not anyone else. So this, of course, is the ingredient of bitachon number five. That therefore you're always focused on a kaddish baruch Hu. Really, you know, like we say in Aleinu, we say it either one time a day or two times a day, and some of us say it even three times a day. Say emes malkenu ether zulaso. So, you know, so who alokenu einod? Okay. I told you, I, I say, I mentioned what this Tupsha, Enod Milvado, on the simple level means there's no other power besides him. And on a deeper level, which is attributed to the Baal Shem Tov, that he like made that, the Pasha Tupshat, that Enod Milvado means 
there's nothing, not there's no other power besides Hashem, but there is nothing, Every, everything is just Hashem. And really, the next phrase, we, we say, Emes Malkeinu, Emes means Hashem is the only objective reality, that's what Hashem Elohim Emes means, the Rambam says, everything else is just subject to the will of Hashem. Every, so that means, when you think about it, everything else's existence is only subjective. There's no objective existence in the world. It's just I don't know if anybody took philosophy 101. That's what they teach you, right? How do you know? How do you know it exists? <laughs> how do you know anything exists? There's some truth to it. The truth is nothing really exists objectively. It's all subjective, and and it's subject to the will of Hashem. And it, this is only here because Hashem wills it to. That's what I mean. This is only here because Hashem wills it to be here at this very moment. If Hashem's will would kvayochol cease, so the nafshal would break. It, it, it would disappear. It, it, it wouldn't be. And it, it's 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 like it's, it's a hard concept to fathom once we move away from chairs and tables and we move into events. So it's harder because, you know, the truth is we see a chair also as having objective existence. We don't, it's there. You know, and then you get even deeper. What about time? Like we, we can't imagine that time only exists because Hashem wills it to exist. I, I challenge you. I don't think the human mind, I mean, okay, maybe I'm being a guy here because I can't. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's possible to conceive of a world without of of, of no time. I don't like I can't grasp. What do you mean no time? But but, but then like but then it's the it's the next second, isn't it? Like what happens if there's no time? How could there be no time? But time is also a subjective. Hashem was bore time, so everything is subjective. And everything. That's why you know we have trouble understanding Hashem is how you hold of the year. We sort of think like Hashem like has this crystal ball and he can look into the future. <laughs> Hashem doesn't look into the future. Hashem is above time. No, time doesn't exist. So everything's there. So you know everything is just he's he's watching a play. You know, and he and he sees already the third act. You know, and he's looking down, and there's all. Th- We're in the second act, but he's on top. And he's like looking over on the th- third act, and and the, and the past is also the, as much of is as much the present as the present is. The present is only to us, anyway. So Hashem, this idea, it's, it needs elaboration, it needs thought, but this idea is. What the Pesach says, this is the Rambam. The Rambam in the beginning of the Rambam says, when the Pesach says, Hashem Elohim Emes, that's what it means, Hashem Elohim Emes. That, that, that's what it means. It refers to the objective existence of Hashem. That's why, if you're aware by Kriyashma, the Pesach ends up, Ani Hashem Elokeichem. That's the end of the Pesach. And really, so that's at the end of the Pesach. And then, we, we really what you're saying next is, Ms. Vyatsev and Achom Vakayam Vyoshar Vanemon Vyohov. But there's a din that you're supposed to put Ms. next to Hashem Alokechem. And the Hashem Alokechem Ms. You're supposed to put that together. Because of the Pasuk, the Gemara says, 
of Hashem Elokim Emes. Just like it's together in that pasuk, so you put it together here. So you know, you learn, you know, nice, you know, it's cute, you know, there's such a pasuk, you know, you know it's cute, you know, we're going to put it together. But there's a much deeper idea here, because according to the Rambam, this Hashem Elokim Emes pasuk is a very fundamental statement of Hashem Echad. So it's a very fundamental, it, it fits into Kriyashma very deeply, very fundamentally. This is like, it belongs in Kriyashma, <laughs> saying Hashem Elokim Emes. Just like you say Hashem Elokim Hashem Echad, so you say Hashem Elokim Emes. You say Hashem Elokim Emes, that's how we put it together. So everything is subject to the will of Hashem. And only Hashem has objective existence. So that's why it, it, this goes for events also, not just for chairs and time, and it, it goes on events. So that's, you really have to believe that. And this really, it, it, it calms you down. As I say, the Chinuch says, this is the way you avoid Nakama. This is the way you avoid, I'm saying that, this is the way you avoid Lashonara, Sinna, the, the, the Machlaikas. This is the way you avoid Machlaikas. You know, you say Hashem wanted that to happen. David, David, because David was able to say that, he, right, when Shimi ben Geira cursed him, when he was running away from Avshalom, Shimi ben Geira cursed him, and David's people wanted to kill Shimi ben Geira, and David said, Hashem, Omer lo kalel. This is, this is not, I don't even look at it that he's cursing me. Now, you want to know, ultimately, was he punished for his crime? This is the dynamic you have to live with, because David, if you know Nach, David tells Shlomo, his son, that he should punish Shimi, because, of course, he deserves a punishment. When a person does something wrong, he deserves a punishment. So, wait a second, so, what are you talking about? The Teretz is, at that time, it was personal. It was personal. David's man didn't want him to punish Shimi ben for doing an Avera. <laughs> it was personal. He, he's attacking you. He's doing something. You get him back. Punish him. Chutzpah. David said, no, he's a Talmud Chacham. Hashem Kalel. He did something wrong. He had to be punished. The Melech has to make sure that there's Mishpat in the world. He can't let people go around doing what they want. So after a few years go by, you know, we always think when we lash back, I'm not lashing back because I'm angry, I'm lashing back because of the injustice of it. So for that you have to wait like two, three years. <laughs> and then you see <laughs> if you're still as angry. At the, or another way you could tell is if it happens to someone else. Only get so angry when it happens to someone else. Then you, because if it's the injustice, what's the difference if it happened to you or it happened to someone else? Somehow the injustice doesn't bother us so much when it happens to someone else. So there is, actually this is Yosef. This is what Yosef said to his brothers. Lo atem mechartem osi heina ki imelokim. These are the statements that when you read, you have to say, hey, hey, that's it. That's what he's saying. He, he didn't just like, you know, like you take a kid, you kiss his boo-boo. You know, he wasn't just making nice to his brothers. He meant it. And I, I said last week, you know, he didn't even realize. It wasn't even, <laughs> it was way more complicated than that. It was Elohim, but not Lemechia. It was Elohim because of Brisbane Abbasarim, like really heavy. 
So that was David's name, and and and, and David was very re, was rewarded for that vitor. The Gemara says Hashem was extremely pleased that he held himself back, and this is really something that in our personal relationships it comes up, it comes up, and uh, you know, and it, you just have to feel this way. I just gave a whole Musa Shmuz, and it's not even the Chavis Halvavis' point. His point is that when you internalize this idea, it will help you develop Bitachon. Because when you realize that everything's from Hashem, and so then you rely on Hashem. You won't rely on... Because he says even Lahoil. I just gave a whole speech about Lahazik. But he says Lahoil also. So, you know, you go to a guy... So again, a guy lends you money, so you have to be makir tov. He did you a tova, the chiyav akaras tov. You say thank you. Then he, let's say, he asks you to do something, you know, and you want another loan from him, and he asks you to do something that's not so kosher, maybe. And you say, you know, he just did me a favor, and it's kind of embarrassing, and what happens if I need him again for a loan? And this sort of thing happens all the time. Don't look at me with horrified faces. This happens all the time. And you really... So what do you do? You say... That's when you say, he didn't lend me the money. Hashem lent me the money. And if he doesn't want to lend it to me next time, Hashem will find someone else to lend me the money next time. Because it's not him anyway. It's Hashem. That's when you have to pull out that true that truth when when it's so don't pull it out when it's time to say thank you <laughs> there's a chiva karasatov because he used his bechira and he did you a favor and you have a chiva karasatov so this is the way of developing okay so I went a little off on a tangent the Chavis talks about it what we'll call Ethezulaso Ethezulaso there's nothing really that happens or that exists if it's not a manifestation of the will of Hashem and you just have to keep realizing that so therefore you develop bitachon why? the servant that has more than one master so even if they're all going to help him but each one can help him so he won't rely on any of them completely because he always has Paspasalo, what's called. Right? He, also, he always has someone that's, you know, so if he doesn't do it, someone else will do it. So I'm not really relying on him. I won't rely on one of them. He doesn't have me, someone else will help me. Bar Kokhva, really. You know, you read the story of Bar Kokhva and the Gemara. This was Bar Kokhva's fatal error. He said, you know, this is what the Gemara says, you know. He said, you know what? I don't mind. Hashem shouldn't help us as long as He doesn't help our enemies. That's all I ask. That was a terrible, terrible mistake. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> again, we do it all the time. <laughs> You know, you say it about Parkochus, you say, oh, 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 I would never say that. You know, we, we say it in different ways. But that was his, there was there was an Asik with the Romans, with him, with Rabbi Akiva. It was like very, 
tense and tight, and he had an uncle, right? He had an uncle that was a tzaddik and was davening for him. They talked Lashon Hara on him, the tztukim. Not, not, not the tztukim. The kusim, but the, the people that were really allied with the Romans told Lashon Hara that the uncle is in cahoots with them. And, and then he said this statement, and like, that was it, he lost the siyata dishmaya. And maybe he could have been Mashiach. You don't know. There are some historians who say he built the third base of Mikdash. There are some historians that say there was a... Th- yeah, 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 yeah. You won't find it on Channel 2, but it'll, you know, it's, it's there. It's an alternative uh, media. What was his intention when he said that, that Hashem shouldn't help us? I don't know. You, know. you have to be very careful when you talk about people who live in the time of the Tanoim. So I, I, I can't answer you. But this is what the Chavis Halbobos wants to warn us against. And Nothing is going to happen if Hashem is not with you. Uh-huh. It's not like, okay, Hashem doesn't help me, but He won't help him, so I'm stronger. There's no such thing. Nothing happens unless Hashem is there. Rav Matasyo Solomon he has this book. It's a good book. You should get it and read it. Uh, it's an old, old, a couple of years old already. No, what's it called? Yeah, Shmuzen or speeches from Rav Matasio Solomon. It's in English. Hans Grohl put it out. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I forget what it's called. Anyway, so one of his it has like twenty, thirty essays there. Really solid, good stuff. So one of them he's talking about davening. And he says, you know, we don't realize it, but subconsciously when we dive in, I I said this over once, we're all sort of saying like, Hashem, don't mess me up. (laughs) Just don't mess me up. You know, I know how to run my business, but Hashem, I'm doing okay, you know. Don't mess me up. You're stronger than me. Don't mess me up. (laughs) So that's what the Chavit Al-Lobos is saying. That's not, that's not, that's a Bar Kochva statement. And let's say the servant had ten masters, and one could do more than the other, so in proportion to each one's ability to do for him, he's going to rely on that one more. So even if he's boteach on all of them, but he's boteach on this one more. So just logically, if only one of them could help him, he has ten masters, but only one of them could take care of him, only one of them can provide him with what he needs, only one of them could throw him in the dungeon. So that's the one he's going to remind him. Just pure logic. If you truly, what's the Chavis Allah saying here? He's saying, you know, it's all a matter of you're internalizing this idea. You say, how can I be talking? It's so hard. Very simple. I mean, it's not as simple as this because this is one of seven things, and all these seven things is just one of five things. So it's not that simple. But he's saying, if you internalize the idea that nothing happened unless Hashem wants it to, then you will end up relying only on Hashem. As well, like, as easy as one plus one equals two. (laughs) 
V'kach imhele ha'odam alibo. If a person realizes shelo yoelo v'lo yaziku af echel men anivroim, not even on the proverbial mosquito, kim b'rshus Hashem yisale. So he'll stop worrying about people. He'll stop being nervous what other people think of him. He'll stop jockeying for position, you know. And this even goes for schools. I should turn off the tape. I want to tell a story. <laughs> I turn 